Welcome to After the Fact, a Knowing Faith mini episode where we look to take a big question and address it in just a few minutes. Our After the Fact episodes this season are brought to you by our season sponsor, Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. I love Midwestern's motto, for the church. And that resonates so deeply with the goal of knowing faith, to see a theological movement that is from and for the church. Joining us today for the second time uh, is Dr. Jeff Chang. Dr. Chang serves as Assistant Professor of Church History and Historical Theology at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. He is the author of Spurgeon, the Pastor, Recovering a Biblical and Theological Vision for Ministry. Dr. Chang, thanks for joining the show. Good to see you again. Good to see you. Thanks for having me back. I guess the first time went okay, so thanks for having me back. It went, it went well. For the listener, if you missed the last time that we did this, Dr. Chang blew our mind. <laughs> Even people who were Spurgeon aficionados were messaging me on Instagram going, I had no idea that Charles Spurgeon uh, had written poetry. And it turns out he wrote quite a bit of it. So if you missed that last after the fact that we did, and you are broadly influenced by Spurgeon, or you've read some of Spurgeon, or you feel like you're a real committed Spurgeon fan, uh, do yourself a favor and check out that episode. And today we're kind of coming back to that ground. So here's the big question, Dr. Chang, what would we find interesting about Spurgeon's views on the doctrine of so- salvation, or what we call soteriology, what would, what would we what would we find interesting about them? Yeah, yeah, great question, and such a big question, and such an important question, because this really gets at the heart of Spurgeon's ministry, what he was all about. Uh, you know, when I think of Spurgeon's soteriology, the the technical term that I think of is that he held to an evangelical Calvinism, uh, meaning mm. that at the heart of Spurgeon's soteriology was the simple and yet profound conviction that God is the one who saves, hmm. that salvation belongs to the Lord, that we as sinful human beings cannot save ourselves from the wrath of God, but it's through God's eternal love, through Christ's yeah. effectual atonement, through the Spirit's regenerating power that God brings sinners to himself. And yet Spurgeon really understood that uh, sinners need to hear the gospel, uh, that sinners yeah. need to be called to respond to the gospel. Uh, he was so strong in his evangelism that often people wonder if he held to a more Arminian view of salvation. Uh, but no, in fact, Spurgeon understood that God was sovereign, and yet also that the gospel needed to be preached and sinners needed to be called to repent. Uh, you know, if you want to think about Spurgeon's soteriology, a, a resource that I, I'm going to recommend is his book on evangelism called The Soul Winner, uh, which is okay. interesting because people have co-opted this term soul winner to associate that more with like revivalism, and sort yeah. of, you know, pressing people to respond to the gospel by using different psychological strategies or techniques. No, Spurgeon hated revivalism. He rejected any idea that we could manipulate anyone to salvation. But rather, by using the term soul winner, he was referring to our need to be faithful in evangelism. And here is a book that collects his lectures to his students on that topic. And so kind of like J.I. Packer's classic work, Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God, Soul winner mm-hmm. is just this really helpful balance of what it looks like to believe that salvation is the work of God, and yet at the same time, understand that God uses people like you and me to proclaim the gospel and to bring people to Christ. Dr. Chang, help me help me think through this real quick, yeah. because I've read some stuff that suggests that Spurgeon was kind of like he was kind of too Calvinistic for the non-Calvinist, and he was like, uh, and he was not Calvinistic enough for some other people who thought he was kind of like he was he was just out there, yeah. like he was a liberal, he was crazy. Um, I'm thinking of Ian Murray's book. I think it's Ian Murray, mm-hmm. uh, Spurgeon and Hyper Calvinism, mm-hmm. and just this question of uh, could one be at the same time 
evangelistic and Calvinistic in their doctrine. And was Spurgeon kind of unique in his ability to live in the tension of these two, these two movements? Yeah. You know, I, I don't think he was that unique. Uh, no, in fact, you know, when we look down church history, uh, some of the best evangelists and missionaries held to a Calvinistic theology, and yet they were passionate hmm. about preaching the gospel. So hmm. you trace it back to Andrew Fuller and William Carey, missionaries like yeah. Adoniram Judson. And really, I mean, going back, mm. all the way back to Geneva and John Calvin himself, mm. you know, Calvinistic theology has actually often encouraged efforts in missions and evangelism. Yeah. Uh, but you're right that in his day, uh, Spurgeon sort of occupied this middle ground. There were the hyper-Calvinists on his right and people who were leaving yeah. behind the doctrines of grace on his left. And Spurgeon found himself sort of needing to speak to both sides and, and hold his ground. Yeah. Yes, defending the sovereignty of God and salvation, and yet also calling and urging his people to faithful evangelism. So, Dr. Chang, if, if, if somebody was like, okay, um, I want to learn from Spurgeon and his views on salvation, what's like the one area, like what's one maybe direction you'd point them in terms of his writings or his ministry or his preaching? And what's one doctrine that you'd be like, you should go check out this, what Spurgeon had to say about regeneration or election or justification, and this is the route to get there. Yeah. Like if a listener is hearing this, like, I want more of that, where do they go and what should they be looking for? Oh, wow. Well, you know, Soul Winner, obviously, I, I mentioned that. That's a great yeah. resource. So, so do check that out. He makes the gospel clear in there. He makes it clear that God is sovereign over salvation. And yeah, he makes it clear that we have a role to play, you know, so yeah. he holds that balance really pastorally. You can do better than just reading his sermons. Uh, in particular, though, if you if you have access to his sermons or, or you go searching for them on your sort of software, you know, tool, look for his sermons where he's preaching after the building of the Metropolitan Tabernacle in 1861. He deliberately, after the establishment of this new ministry in this new place, uh, he leads in a series of preaching through the, the five points of Calvinism. So he preaches a sermon on mm. uh, on total depravity on unconditional election, limited atonement, uh, irresistible grace, and the perseverance of the saints. And uh, that's a great little five-sermon five series that he does, uh, which, again, uh, it's, it's very God-glorifying. It's very rich. Mm -hmm. But he never, sh he never moves into a kind of hyper-Calvinism. He always hmm. maintains the necessity of faithfulness and evangelism, uh, of perseverance in the, in the Christian faith. So uh, I, I would commend that, that little five-sermon series to you in his... MTP sermon series. I love that. I love that. Well, Dr. Chang, thank you for making time to join us again uh, to talk through Spurgeon. If you are interested in finding out more about Charles Spurgeon, you should check out the Spurgeon Center. What, what's going on over at the Spurgeon Library and Center? Like, what are you guys up to over there? Well, we're always running tours. We got folks coming in, lots of visitors, so we enjoy those. Okay. Uh, we're also working on uh, different Projects, publishing projects. Okay, uh, I can't tell to you about all of them, but there are some very okay. things, exciting things coming down the pipe. Follow us on Twitter. Okay, uh, and, and you'll you'll be the first to know about those. We also have a Spurgeon Library conference coming up on April nineteenth. Oh, really? That's exciting. You know, we we limit seating to what we can fit in the library, so it's a very sure select group in terms of. Obviously, it's open to the public, but uh, sure, only a limited seating capacity. Don Whitney is going to be our plenary okay. speaker. He's going to be speaking on Spurgeon's devotional life. And then Alex DePrima is also coming. He's recently come out with a book on Spurgeon's Benevolence Ministries. Oh. He'll be one of our speakers also. 
So April 19th, Spurgeon Library Conference. I love it. That's really exciting. Well, listen, After the Fact is brought to you by Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. There are some really cool things happening over at Midwestern. I really encourage you to check them out. If you're ready to take your next step in theological training, consider Midwestern Seminary and how their For the Church vision can equip you through formal theological education. You can learn more about how to get started at mbts.edu slash knowing faith. That's mbts.edu slash knowing faith.